of you to start by. Welcome back to the Gallery of Curiosities. I remain, as always, your humble host, Osgood. I hear by the sound of the bossa nova that it is cocktail hour. I trust it is not too early for the sort of listeners we attract. So... I have a selection of smoking jackets here, if you like. Find one that fits you and slip it on. And then we'll need our lounging caps, of course. A fez for me and, oh, interesting fashion choice. One should always dress for the hour, but now that we are properly attired, Let us retire to the Zen room. I like to have a cigar with my martini. These diademas are my own bespoke blend. A courier drives them in from Colorado monthly for me. I think you will find them a very enlightening experience. Here we are. Excellent. This evening's exhibit comes from author Chris Curiota, whose stories about elderly poisoners, vengeful aunties, and time-traveling kittens have appeared in many fine publications such as Gannett on Spec and online at the Saturday Evening Post. He used to edit depressing documentaries about homicide victims, but now works cheerfully in a bakery making donuts. It will be read for us by Mr. Isaiah Plovnik, a Boston-based performing artist with a steampunk soul. Raised on a healthy diet of Lego and great illustrated classics, the spirit of the retro-futurist was fostered in him at an early age. He received an education in theater from Salem State University and has since been performing on stage or from behind a microphone all over the greater Boston area. Now, it is time for... Wailing with Clowns by Chris Curiata Well, being the only seaman still strong enough to climb the decaying rigging to the top of the whale ship Jungfrau, Starbuck drew crow's nest duty. 
The crew had been at sea with empty holds for an excruciating three months. Captain Alloway stubbornly kept on course, ignoring all evidence he had led his ship into dead waters, where not even the fabled tentacle beasts lurked in the polluted blackness. There she blows! There she blows! White-capped waves tossed the Jungfrau back and forth, nearly knocking Starbuck from his viewing tower. Just an hour earlier, the tormented sailor gave careful consideration to jumping. His aching legs struggled to hold him up, and his starving belly poisoned his mind with wicked thoughts and unnatural desires for the meat of his fellow crew members. Starbucks doubted he was the only man on the Jungfrau with fear of murder on his mind, being both a victim and perpetrator of the soul-damning crime. If he jumped, he would feel sweet relief during the fall. Three, maybe as many as four seconds to luxuriate unburdened before crashing through the deck and escaping into the arms of eternal slumber. For years, Starbuck promised himself he wouldn't be buried at sea. But the idea of six more months slogging through dead ocean, waiting for starvation to strip the final shreds of meat from his bones and wit from his mind, made him long for his grieving widow to add his name to the multitude of plaques honoring fallen soldiers at the Whaleman's Chapel in New Bedford. Now, out on the ocean, Starbuck glimpsed hope. Whale! Hear me, blast it! Captain Alloway stumbled from his cabin, wearing only sleeping breeches and boots, the soles of which had been boiled and eaten weeks ago. No need of profane words, he called up to the crow's nest to Starbuck before lifting a spyglass to his eye. Through the lens he saw the gorgeous hump of a sperm whale breaching. The long-awaited appearance of a whale meant the Jungfrau would not perish. Captain Alloway rang the beaten brass bell fixed to the center of the deck, rousing his crew from the cabins below, where the half-dead men conserved the last of their energy. This would be their only chance to save themselves. Ready the clown, Captain Alloway commanded. Bring me Soto's the clown. Starbuck scrambled from the crow's nest. Below deck, he waved a lantern, guiding him through the dark, narrow passage leading to Soto's cell. Starbuck had made a dozen trips to gather the clown during his years in Captain Alloway's service, yet he never became accustomed to the dank smell. Soto's odor clung to Starbuck's hair, threatening to choke him with its vile heaviness. If Starbuck survived the day, he would shave every hair from his head, even the eyebrows. That was the only way to remove the smell of the clown. No amount of scrubbing and fats could subdue the aroma. The blood of Soto's previous handler, Stubbs, still stained the walls. Some crew members had rubbed their fingers through the blood, drawing symbols of their gods and ancestors, which they hoped would bless the ship and keep them safe should the clown ever escape. The crewmen would rather endure a storm and tidal waves than face Soto's creeping out of his cell in the dead of night and wandering into their bunks. They didn't know if Soto's understood concepts such as revenge, but he had already proven himself savage. Starbuck peered through the iron bars at the dozing clown. 
both the most dangerous being on the ocean and the Jungfrau's only chance for survival. Under normal circumstances, Starbuck would not have opened the cell door, not without half a dozen other whalers at his back. Safety measures were not in place. The chains wrapped around Soto's chest were broken. Acidic drool dribbled from the clown's lips while he slept, and this poisoned saliva dissolved the sturdy links. Starbuck feared the clown tearing through his restraints as easily as if they were made of paper. His only hope was to appear confident, behave as though everything were normal. So long as Starbuck appeared brave, the clown would fail to notice its advantage. Ignoring the bone-chilling growl of Soto's empty belly, Starbuck used his harpoon to open the door and prod the weary clown. Interrupting a sleeping clown is dangerous. Depending on their dream, they could rouse sweet as pie, or in a fury prepared to rip your arms out of your sockets. Starbuck pushed the harpoon into Soto's stomach. In response, Soto's opened his coiled eyes, looking through Starbuck as though he weren't there. The clown's slit nostrils bellowed like fish gills, inhaling the fresh sea air. The sight made Starbucks excited. Soto's smelled the whale. The sperm oil in the leviathan's head sang to him like rum to a drunkard. Soto's barely flinched when Starbuck leaned all his weight onto the harpoon, piercing the clown's side and wedging into his ribcage. Starbuck jiggled the harpoon back and forth. Blood dribbled from the clown's wound, but the harpoon stayed put, wedged firmly between his ribs. Using all his finesse, Starbuck yanked the harpoon, maneuvering the clown out of the hold and into the daylight. Clowns need circus canvas for protection from the painful rays of the sun. Oozing boils sprouted across Soto's face. The white makeup alone couldn't protect his skin from the abrasive rays of the sun. The distraction worked to Starbuck's favor. As the clown howled and swatted his arms, trying to knock the sun out of the sky into the ocean, Starbuck loaded his charge onto the smaller whaleboat being lowered over the side of the Jungfrau. Captain Alloway stood at the stern. He still wore his sleeping breeches and gnawed boots, but the addition of his captain's hat restored the sense of command. Once the clown was on board, Captain Alloway nodded, and the boat dropped into the water. The crew undid the ropes and pushed off from the side of the ship into the full rush of the waves. Six oarsmen to each side rowed the boat across the trembling sea. Stroke stroke, stroke. White froth broke over their skeletal arms. Soto's stood with one foot on the tip of the bow, his red nose pointing the way, following the rich scent of sperm oil. Soto's flapped his gums, whinnying like a horse, as clowns often did when teased with the scent of whales. The men were huffing and shaking by the time the boat reached the breaching whale. Starbuck was so grateful to see the beast's shimmering side, he could have leapt into the water and kissed it. All this time he feared the whale swam only in his imagination, and he had roused all these men away from the ship for nothing. 
The whale's tail smacked the water, lifting the tiny vessel and soaking the men. At last, Captain Alloway gave the order. Remove the chains. Three oarsmen pulled the chains over Soto's head. Before his bounds were fully stripped, he knocked the men aside and dove gracefully into the ocean. His mighty feet slipped beneath the surface neatly, making only the tiniest of splashes. Tragically, one of the rowers, Pip, snagged his wrist in the trailing chains and was yanked right out of his boots, disappearing into the deep waters behind the clown. No one wasted a second looking for Pip to resurface. They all knew he wouldn't. Captain Alloway pulled a pipe from his vest and rested comfortably. Now we wait. While clowns have been used since the earliest days of whaling, no man knows for certain how a clown single-handedly slaughters a whale. When the enormous beasts float belly up to the surface, their bodies never reveal injury. The whales die pristine, beatific even, like saints. The body of a whale killed by a clown does not decay, no matter how long you leave it hoisted astern. The Nautical Museum in Nantucket displays a sperm whale killed by Moose Corn the Clown in 1851. Fifteen years later, the specimen has yet to show the slightest hint of decomposition. Veteran seamen have their own idea of how clowns slay a whale. One popular theory holds that the clowns crawl through a whale's tailpipe and twist their intestines into knotted sculptures, dogs and horses and the like. Another is that clowns employ sleight of hand to show the whale a magic trick which causes the mammal's ignorant brain to doubt natural laws and die of shock. Another theory claims clowns understand the enigma of whale humor and tell the whale a joke so funny the great beasts die laughing. Academics roll their eyes at these theories, insisting clowns merely put whales into an intense state of hibernation using acupressure. But no one listens to these beard-stroking bookheads who've never set foot on a whaling vessel their entire life. Captain Alloway packed a second pipe, looking at the birds swooping over the pod, noticing for the first time they were not gulls, but sparrows. Spatzen sind die Mops der Luft, he remarked. The men waited, looking forward to the harvest, already dreaming of the whale steaks they'd enjoy and the warmth of their oil lanterns. The sun, which had been boiling their scalps when they set out, had now retreated to the edge of the horizon, half-dunked into the sea. Had the men not been so desperate, their judgment twisted by hunger, they might have recognized something was wrong and rode back to the Jungfrau. Not that retreating would have done them any good. Without a whale, the ship was only a floating coffin. But better to die in starvation on a ship than in the sea with a loose clown. Just as the whalers of yore wouldn't bring a dull harpoon to slay a whale, seamen knew never to send a starving clown into the ocean. The horror stories were well known, but the crew of the Jungfrau had taken the risk. Under the circumstances, what other choice did they have? Blood began to warm the waters surrounding the boat. 
A well-fed clown could always be trusted to send a slaughtered whale to the surface unscratched, but Soto's ripped into the whale's main pipeline, flooding the ocean, turning the sea the color of borscht. He did this not to satiate his hunger, but to strike fear in the hearts of his true prey. He longed to hunt a different type of sea life. The crew dropped their oars. Just as Pip knew his fate was set the moment he became tangled in Soto's chain, they knew they were too late to row back to the Jungfrau. Some of the men dipped their hands into the Red Sea, swallowing the bloody whale soup, refusing to die with empty bellies, even if it was only seawater and the gushings from a whale's wound. Captain Alloway remained stoic. He packed the last of his surrogate tobacco, wood shavings chiseled off the deck of the Jungfrau, into his pipe. He got two puffs before Soto's rammed the bottom of the whale boat, propelled through the water by his bulbous feet with both the speed and destructive force of a cannonball. The boat shattered into splinters, throwing injured men, some of them missing limbs from the impact, into the churning red froth. Some cried repentance of their sins. The smarter ones opened their own throats for the sea to flood in hoping to drown before Soto's found hold of them. No one escaped. Not even Captain Alloway, who had purchased Soto's as an infant from a roving band of clowns in Bremen four score years ago. Knowing that day, as he wiped the filth from the baby clown's face, that he could very well be holding the creature that would one day be responsible for his ending. One by one, beneath the surface, the Jungfrau's seamen learned the mystery behind how a clown killed a whale without leaving a mark. Funny that, Starbuck managed to think through his agony. It seems so obvious once you know. No, you've, you've, you've got to sort of hold it in, Kevin. Hold it. <sighs> exactly. Hmm, my, my, that was absolutely stunning. Really, <sighs> yes. Hmm, what was I? Hmm. We do need to get more of that sort of exhibit here at the gallery, don't you agree? Yes. Go have a word with the other editors. And some snacks while you're at it. Yes, that would hit the spot. Finger food. That term took on a different meaning when I was staying with the Bean family, but that... That is a story for another evening, hmm, yes. Curious how meaning can change with circumstance. Curious. Curiosity. Curious. Curiosity. I, I suppose anything could be a curiosity, depending on 
What sort of view you have? Hmm. My, my, these cigars are marvelous. Anyway, hmm. yes, not expensive either. No, he brings them in by bulk. That's the sort of thing. Where is that food? Oh, nachos. Don't mind if I do. Curiosities is produced under a Creative Commons International 4.0 non-commercial attribution, no derivatives license. All story copyrights remain with the authors. Our theme song, as always, is Ashes, Ashes by Deus Ex Vapora Machina. If you like the show, consider leaving reviews for us or perhaps submitting a story of your own. The reading room is open this month. This episode was released on April 1st of 2019. For full show notes, do visit us on the web at gallerycurious.com. Hmm. Let's dip into the vinyl collection. It's been too long since I listened to some fish. <laughs> 